just tuned into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 391 with Sean Allen, and we did we dive into what the main differences are between Aura Ring and Whoop, how they both calculate HRV and what that difference actually means, and which one is most suitable in various different situations. But just before I do dive into this episode with Sean, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're interested in a free solution to be able to collect, analyze, visualize, and present data to coaches, check out AMS Lite from Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. We'll dive into them a little bit later on, but give us a bit of an overview of the of the differences and similarities of, of these two bits of tech, which are obviously marketing juggernauts at the minute. Um you know, they're absolutely everywhere. So what are the what are the main differences? What are the main similarities? Yeah, so I guess the first one is the form factor. So the aura is a ring, so it goes on your finger. And then Whoop is a wristband. And they've also released um, kind of clothing and other things recently. So you can wear it on different areas of the body. And that is interesting because there are obviously different considerations with accuracy of measurement, that kind of thing at those different sites on the body and also related to the friction point that I mentioned earlier, like something on your finger, you almost forget it's there after a while versus on your wrist, it's a bit more bulky. Some people have trouble sleeping with it, that kind of thing. So that's the first thing in terms of the form factor. And then in terms of what it measures, Aura has tended to focus more on like sleep recovery, heart rate variability, those kinds of things. Whereas Whoop are also interested in the, they call it strain, or it's almost like the training load, exercise load that you're putting on yourself and then how you're recovering from that. Um, and so there are some things that each device does well, I would say. So again, it comes back to the, what, what are you looking for? Um, I think from an accuracy perspective, from the data that I've looked at, from the research that I've read, from what I've heard from other people, um, Aura is kind of a bit stronger on those metrics that it, it does um dive into so the hrv the kind of sleep stuff it also has body temperature which is nice for things like illness tracking um the menstrual cycle tracking that kind of thing but whoop have just released their um latest version of their product which also has body temperature so they're becoming kind of much much of a muchness on on some of these things um and then there's obviously the activity counts step counts those kinds of things um i think what i did see from Comparing the two, again, looking at the data, I saw many more inaccuracies in the heart rate data from Whoop, which um, was interesting because that's almost like one of the underlying, that's almost like the underlying signal that goes into many of their other metrics. So if your PPG data, your heart rate data isn't good, then your heart rate variability data is going to be compromised. And then their strain and recovery algorithms that are based on some of these things are also going to be compromised. So when you have a source of error and then you turn it into another metric that error just compounds and grows bigger and bigger and bigger so it comes back to like that raw data stream being super accurate and um i mean i think there are many factors that go into that in terms of someone's circulation could be different at the point they're wearing it on the wrist versus the finger and these things could be things that just showed up for me which is why i would encourage people to test them themselves test them on the athletes they they want to work with to see what works best for people depending on the goals that they have am i right in thinking they calculate hrv slightly differently yeah so um when I tested it, they, the algorithm that they were using 
was calculating HRV from five minute periods during the night. And those five minute periods were determined by their sleep staging algorithm. So they were measuring it during your deepest phase of sleep. And this is whoop. Yeah, this is whoop. Okay. And so that was interesting because we know that the accuracy of detecting those sleep stages isn't great. It's around 60% if you look at some of the research. And so that there's a source of error in that, meaning that they may not be calculating it at the same time each day in a, in a standardized fashion. And so there's, there was just another source of error in that, which showed up in some of the values, I think, that, that I saw. Um, but they've since changed that algorithm, which they did quite quietly. They sort of didn't publicize it, it just showed up on their website. So I'm not sure when they did it, how much change it's had on people's values. You might be able to see it if you've been collecting data for a while. And now they've changed it to calculating over the whole night. But they have a what they call a dynamic weighted algorithm. So they're giving potentially more weighting in their algorithm to values in periods of deep sleep than in periods of other sleep. So there's still the same sort of problem of that compounding error as before. We just have less idea of how much it affects the, the variables, basically. So it's a bit of a black box in, in that sense. And then Aura, they just have something quite simple where they take the average of HRV throughout the whole night. So that's something where the error sort of like evens out over time and you have something that's standardized. So it is easier to compare over time. When they change the algorithm, do they... Does that alter retrospective data so it all syncs or is it just cut? And... Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the unknowns. I okay. assume not, but okay. that's one of, That's one of the sort of caveats, I would always say, to people adopting this technology of, you know, you're almost in the hands of the manufacturer or the company. If they decide to change something in these metrics, you might not even know it's happening for one. And then two, they might change things retrospectively or they might not. So having a good relationship with them or having some transparency or ownership over the data is super important. Otherwise, you might find you've been tracking something and making decisions on it for a while. And then suddenly it's all uh, thrown out the window. How easy is it to actually get answers from these guys? As, a, as yeah. an individual and as an organization, as a, as a team? I think it, I imagine it's much easier if you have a trusted contact there and you've gone to uh, the trouble of trying to build up that relationship and sort of making it mutually beneficial in terms of providing feedback back to them. I think because what you mentioned earlier, they are such big companies and they do have such broad kind of market reach there. Their products are for the, the general public as well. You know, they don't often have maybe the time or the motivation or the incentives to respond to every single individual query. Um, so they're not necessarily motivated to do that. So I think if you can find like a trusted contact there, uh, that's probably the best way to be able to get some kind of transparency or, or answers um, and create long-term relationships. And what was the data like during exercise for both of these bits of tech? Yeah, so Aura, like they are releasing a feature, I think this year with okay. heart rate tracking, but okay. they didn't have heart rate tracking during exercise at the time. So... Uh, the solution, well, that I sort of used moving forward was using the Apple Watch with the Aura Ring. And in all the research and in the testing that I did, that device as a PPG, like wrist-based device, has been the most accurate for heart rate tracking during exercise. Um, a lot of what I saw in Whoop was it would be good if you were doing like a steady state activity. If I went for a run for 30 minutes, let's say, like the values were believable. Um, but if you are using it in the gym, in a circuit or anything like that, like it wasn't very good at picking up those like smaller changes in, in heart rate. And I mean, I think it's harder for those devices in general anyway, but oftentimes after doing like a high intensity interval 
training workout, it, the strain score it would give me would be really low because it hadn't picked that up. And obviously we know that that's not true and heart rate isn't a great metric for that anyway. But then all in all, if that's what it's basing kind of strain and recovery scores on, it's it's missing quite a bit. So you you just have to be wary, I think, when you're looking at some of these devices of like, what is it not showing me? What is it not telling me? And just being aware of the, the limitations and maybe cherry picking some of the things that are more useful and are more accurate. So to get the information that you use to make these comparisons, will you get anything that isn't readily available to anyone? It's all, it's all there for anyone to get to make the comparisons that you did? Yes, I mean, this is one of the other points of difference between these two companies specifically. Um, Aura has a cloud-based website where you can go in and click export your data. It goes to a CSV and you get the daily metrics for all of the variables in there. Whereas Whoop, as far as I'm aware, they don't have that feature right now. So what I had to do with Whoop was basically just manually record the values um, from the app. I think there is an API if you have technical people who can sort of pull data that way, but that's obviously not accessible to, to most people. So what that meant is the data that I could get out of Whoop was much more limited, um, but I was able to sort of record the daily HRV heart rate values, those kinds of things to make some of those comparisons. So I'd say it's possible. Some companies make it easier than others, which um, especially if you're working with athletes and you want to be looking at raw data and maybe like making some of your own inferences away from their proprietary metrics, like I would always lean towards the companies that make data more accessible and are more transparent about what they have available and, and make it easy for you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip came from episode number 391 with Sean Allen and can be found on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today and I look forward to chatting to you next time.